2002, it was guys like low-key Christopher Daniels who laid the foundation for this company. It's guys like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe that are still putting bricks on this company. Fear money! TNA is a bunch of hardworking young athletes who are looking to change the wrestling world. Grey Wolf Entertainment presents Maximum Impact with Ned and Nims. Welcome everyone. It's a brand new year and it's a brand new episode and season of Maximum Impact, the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network's dedicated impact, not just impact, but TNA past and present podcast. My name is Nims Azor, joined as always by my good buddy and tag team partner, Ned Tepper. Neddy, we've been repping TNA for over 20 years. We're into year number 21, and I'll tell you what, we often get pumped up at the start of the year for wrestling because that's when you have the Royal Rumble, AEW do their thing with New Year's Smash, Japanese people have got Wrestle Kingdom. There's never really been a big uh, sort of TNA thing that's always kicked off the year. But in the past couple of years, Hard to Kill has been the thing that not only sums up TNA wrestling, but gets it off on the right foot. And first off, man, welcome. Happy New Year to you. And uh, how's things been? Happy New Year to you too as all things have been very good. Thank you, man. And you're absolutely right. Hard to Kill has sort of cemented itself as a good way to kick off the year for Impact Wrestling. TNA of old. And I tell you what, man, last year's really got me absolutely hyped up for things to come. This year's no different at all, Azor. And yeah, man, in answer to your question, things have been good, man. Just taking it easy, hanging out with our boy JLH and <laughs> and getting ready for some local uh, wrestling here in Horsham. Slamming the sham coming up, bro, which you'll be attending as well. It might, do you think it'll match with the Impact Wrestling sort of status, man? I think it should be up there. I'll tell you what, it'll definitely be, uh, it'll be hitting that sort of stride a little bit because I do know <laughs> uh, another good mate of mine uh, who is a competent uh, deathmatch wrestler, Joel Bateman, will be on the card for Slam in the Sham. Anyone in Melbourne might really? know him. Yeah, anyone in Melbourne might know him from uh, Wrestle Rock, which is at the Corner Hotel a fair bit, and Deathmatch Down Under, which is another great promotion. He's also been around the world. Rupert Bloke as well. Proud uh, Indigenous uh, Australian as well that he reps with pride. So look forward to seeing what he can do at the Sham and uh, not sure if the Sham's ready for him because this is the oh, man. It sounds like it. This is a man that has bled all over the uh, the United States and Australia and uh, look forward to seeing what he can do at Slam in the Sham. But uh, let's get to, before we even start Hard to Kill, and it sort of segues in very nicely, we do want to quickly mention the passing of Don West, which happened uh, just before Christmas or after Christmas. It was roughly during that time. But uh, for you and me, Nettie, you and I, we don't remember too much with our old brains. But the one thing that we do remember <laughs> very vividly is, of course, Don West being the soundtrack from day one. Uh, him and his uh, brown pepper bag deals were just so cool. <laughs> the man knew how to get you amped up for TNA wrestling and uh, impact. And it's so good to see that. Um, well, first off, it's great to see the outpouring of support, not just from the impact family, the WWE gave him a shout out. AEW did as well. It's just a lot of respect for a guy that never, ever did anything outside of impact wrestling to get so much respect in the community. Yeah, man, it was a very somber thing here, the passing of Don West. It was a, it was a tragedy, really, and I'll go out and proudly say it. 
Nim. Don West is my favorite announcer of all time, which is like people will say, oh, no, you're playing whatever. But this guy, his passion was second to none. I'm yet to see anyone as passionate <laughs> as Don West. Like he just absolutely loved life. He inspired me to get Matt Grace to do Madman's Mad specials <laughs> for Grey Wolf, which Madman never did. But it was very much a Don West inspired uh, type of thing. And I, I love that you brought this up, man, because Don West, truly one of the greatest announcers. And it never did, you know, you hear some stuff on online and stuff in this day and age, but you never heard a bad word said about Don West. He just seemed like such a stand-up great dude and and so much fun. And I'm, I'm glad that you brought this up because they kicked off the pay-per-view talking about uh, Don West and, of course, having the 10-bell salute from him. You can tell that the the uh, wrestlers were very much, you know, impacted by Don West. And yeah. I thought it might be good, Nim, just off guard here for you, bro. But did you have a favorite Don West moment just talking about the great man? Don West, it's it's interesting too because he – the the thing that always lives in my mind – is I can't I think a turning point I can't remember what year, uh, but it was the Triple X versus uh, where Elix Skipper did he sort of did the tightrope on the cage yep, yep, yep. and then a Hurricane Rana off the top, and Don West is the man that calls that and made it because that is the if no one has ever seen. TNA at the time, if no one saw it, that clip was doing the rounds, doing the absolute rounds, and people were taking TNA seriously. And if it was just some hick that was doing that commentary, because I'll go out and say it right now, there's some, there's a lot of new promotions that are making their waves on Fight TV, stuff like that. GCW, yeah. uh, Game Changer Wrestling, which is a, uh, which is what Matt Cardona and John Moxley have been sort of dabbling in. And Nick Gage is one of the stars there. Now, no matter how good his match is and no matter how good some of the wrestling is on GCW, I can't stand the commentary. It's so bush really? league. It is awful. Yeah. Don West knew that he wasn't working for the WWE, but you know what? He made it feel like you were watching something that is big time here. You're watching a moment. He did that on episodes of Impact. If it's a taped explosion episode... Even if it was just one of those online uh, gimmicks for shoptna.com, he treated yeah. everything with respect. But do yourself a favor. In fact, we might even post it up on the Maximum Impact uh, Facebook page. Watch that clip because watch it on mute. It looks pretty cool. Watch it with Don West commentary. It's sensational. What about yourself, yeah, Eddie? Very much like, well, I wrote this down, man, and I'm uh, hats off to you. We're talking about having very bad memories. You just there off the top of your head, no worries at all. I wrote this one down, Nim, and what stands out to me over the 20 years of watching wrestling and all that was, do you remember when James Storm had his drinking problem? Like when <laughs> it was one of the funny, and we shouldn't make light of this, you know, mm -hmm. like it's a, it's a real thing, but Don West sat James Storm down and he's having like a man-to-man, -man, a heart-to-heart -heart conversation about James getting off the beer and... <laughs> You know, he's got to look out for his family, et cetera, et cetera. I, I forget 100% how it went down, but pretty much they're having this thing. And then at the end, Storm's like, hell no, I ain't doing that. And then Don West, full change of heart, pulls the beer. They have one together. <laughs> it's like holding an intervention for someone and the person that you've held the intervention for ends up turning you. I just... Uh, <laughs> To me, it was one of the funniest things I have ever seen, just Don West like that. And and just his 
Like the animation in his commentary, man, when he's like, he kicked him right in the balls. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? You don't, you don't, you know, it's usually, it's a low blow or whatever, but Don West straight up says he kicked him in the balls. <laughs> and that happened numerous times, man. But that is just a couple of the times, a uh, couple of the moments for Don West that I remember that stand out well. But I 100% agree with yours as well, man. And just, yeah, hats off to a, a great commentator and an all around nice guy. Yeah, so may he rest in peace, Don West, passing away, unfortunately, at the age of 59, which is a damn shame because he barely even scratched the surface, but he's, he touched so many people and uh, left a lasting legacy. Uh, we'll kick off with the pay-per-view because it started off with a world title match. Uh, Josh Alexander, who is now the longest reigning TNA slash Impact Wrestling champion, took on Bully Ray in Full Metal Mayhem. Now, Bully Ray himself is a two-time Impact slash uh, TNA champion, but I got to say, it starts off with a complete ambush by Josh Ale- uh, by Bully Ray on Josh Alexander, and I tell you what, he's busted open before the bell even starts. I mean, Full Metal Mayhem matches have a reputation. I don't know about you, Nettie. First off, when I saw that this match kicked off the show, I was like, "Whoa, this is different." Because uh, it, it's ha- it had ha- it has happened before, but this was something that you don't see uh, too often. But it got got the payfee off with a bang too, and it was brutal, wasn't it? That's what took me by surprise as well as or and i was watching this with uh brody my son and also our boy jlh and we're just like what the hell is the world title match doing kicking off the show uh but it was an excellent way to kick things off as or man and and like you said josh alexander the now he's the longest running champion in in history which is crazy right there bully ray and him put on one hell of a, a, a spectacle and i tell you what man looking back in hindsight i think it was Probably the best way to finish it up, uh, to start things up. But still, do you think it was a good decision to do it, or, or what do you think? Do you think that they placed it right? I reckon they placed it one hundred percent because there'd be a lot of people, new eyes on Impact Wrestling that might not know what you know that might have been brought in because oh, I remember Bully Ray back in the Aces and Eight yeah. days. I'd love to check out some of those wares, and when they see that, and here's the thing about Josh Alexander too, because. What makes his reign a lot more uh, a lot more sentimental is Josh Alexander grew up as a fan of Impact. Like he, this yep. was his brand of wrestling. So he's actually living out a dream here. Like like a lot of people grew up watching WWF, you know, whatever. He grew up watching TNA. So the fact that he's now the longest reigning champion is actually pretty cool, and that he's taking on Bully Ray is something that's even better too. <laughs> she there were there's a bit where Bully Ray gets a. Chi- um, Bully Ray gets a cheese grater to the head by Josh Alexander, and people start chanting, you sick F, you sick F, <laughs> which, which I thought was really, really cool as well. But um, th- there's everything that's matched. There's thumbtacks. They go, they brawl out onto the stage with that massive ladder. And I tell you, I a lot of people might criticize, but I love that Bully Ray has those little lackeys, Hutch and Skylar. What, what's that dude's name? <laughs> I'm not sure what they are, but like, see, because I missed a little bit of impact on the lead up to this, and and so I wasn't overly familiar with them. Those guys running in, hmm. what was the? Do you, can you tell me as well what the lead up to this was? Because I was watching a lot of impact before we went away to the states, and then hmm. I got a little bit behind as they do, and I'll kick back off fresh in the new year. Still have to play some catch up, but basically. What was happening before I stopped was like, you cannot trust Bully Ray and he's playing the role of the nice guy. Yeah. Next thing you know, he, he's turned heel. Do you know what, what was happening there? So he turns on Tommy Dreamer 
um, because Tommy's just kind of like, come on, man, you don't have to do this. This is like, you know, we're not we're not trying to be the veterans that are trying to hog the limelight here. Yeah, and then and then Bully's like, like hell, you are, and gives one of the most brutal promos to Tommy Dreamer that you've ever seen, where the man's basically left crying. He's like, even in ECW, you're called the heart. Well, I'm the guy that people actually wanted. While I was like being called by WWF and going to the big leagues, you were stuck in that damn bingo hall. When that company oh. was dying, you were still oh. stuck there. You know, like all of this sort of stuff. Uh, and and now I'm back here, gonna get my title. It's like, and he's just like, yeah, I know. It's been about, it's been almost ten years since I had it, but you know what? I want it again. He's just been a real prick, and there is no bigger prick than Bully Ray, and he'll even admit that to you himself. <laughs> yeah, he does. He plays the villain quite well, and it still blows my mind to this day that he his partner is Velvet Sky, which is unbelievable. So I think outside of wrestling, he must be, you know. A kind of a nice guy. I actually think that they've actually split up too, but it remains amicable that they're friends. Oh, but, really? Uh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. So um wow. Bully don't, don't I did think, not know that. Uh, Bully has moved on, though. I could tell you that to uh another similar velvety sky looking sort of character. But really? uh, so he's certainly got a type. <laughs> <laughs> bully. Only a 10 for bully ray. Well, there you go. That is news to me, man. See, there you go, my old man brain. It's wow. Um, speaking not of, know that. Speaking of Tommy Dreamer, though, he does come out, and it looks oh, yeah. like he's about to turn on uh, Josh Alexander inside with Bully Ray. But it is all—it's all a bit of a ruse. There's a bit though where it gets pretty un- not uncomfortable to watch, but where he's really sort of go, "Oh, geez, this is not going to work out well." Where Josh Alexander gets tied to the ropes. With cable ties. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, tell me, what was going through your head, especially as you're there watching with your son as well? Like, oh, man, this ain't the TNA that we grew up watching. I was like, man, I will not be surprised at what could happen here. I thought Josh Alexander was going to drop the belt during this match 100%, man, because, like, how do you get out of that? And I think it was done very well with his wife jumping in there and saving the day sort of thing. But at that point in time, I'm like, man, this is game over, and God knows what the hell. Like, Bully Ray might pull out a freaking chainsaw and just take his head (laughs) off. Like, it was was a very, very intense time. And I I don't know, man. At that stage, I thought it is game over for Alexander. And all what's gone through the back of my mind is – I don't think we're going to get to see the TNA belt or the Impact Wrestling belt when, you know, Alexander comes here in a couple of months' time as well. Yeah, exactly. But no, thankfully, it all worked out pretty well. Jade uh, not only uh, managed to rescue Josh Alexander, but gave a Dudley dog to Bully Ray as well. There's a big big splash off the top of the ladder uh, on Bully. Only got a two count, which is where I was just like, oh, geez, he's going to pull something out of the bank here. But uh, Mm. he got the ankle lock on, Bully tapped. Josh Alexander gets the win and everyone gets to go home happy. Uh, we still start off with another championship match to kick off the pay-per-view as the Impact Tag Team Championship was on the line in a fatal four-way tag team match. The Motor City Machine Guns taking on the major players, taking on the Bullet Club, taking on Heath and Rhino. And the bell didn't even ring. And these four teams were started brawling. And it all started off... This... The Impact Tag Division is just fantastic here, and you really need to get yourself around it if you haven't uh, haven't checked it out for yourself. A lot of championship gold uh, in multiple companies has been held by the four teams in this match. But uh, what did you think when that brawl kicked off and the bell didn't even ring? 
Wow, man. Uh, again, anticipation at an all-time high for this one because, like you just said, the tag team division is very, very strong in Impact Wrestling here, and they were hyping it up big time with um, talking about that Japanese wrestling that those Chris Bay and Ace Austin had just been a part of. Apparently, they came like second or third or something like that in this big-time thing, and I'm, I'm thinking they're about to get a major push so anticipation was there. I wasn't sure how it was going to go down though, as or and your boys Cardona and Myers, man. I know that you were very much rooting for them, but how do you? How would you sort of describe the the finish of this match, sort of thing, and and how it took part there, as or? Were you happy with the outcome? Were you happy with the, where it's heading? I was I was actually pretty pleased with it. I thought that we would get a bit of a title change here, but uh, look, all four teams, yeah. uh, as I said, started with a bit of a brawl. Then it, uh, it the order of elimination went. Uh, Myers and Cardona uh, went and eliminated Heath and Rhino first. Um, then they were eliminated straight afterwards. So it had the Bullet Club taken on the Motor City Machine Guns. This is where it really kicked up another notch too, because Chris Staben and Austin sort of, they had a lot of magic there, fought out to the outside. Alex Shelley even got into the mix as well. They did the magic killer, which is a cool little throwback as that is a bullet club yeah. move, uh, which I thought was really, really cool for them to do it on Chris Bay. Uh, then Brian Myers comes out and argues with the referee and, in the process, too, uh, Chris Saban takes out both of the major players because our, my boy Matty Cardona comes out as well before the guns uh, when they hit the dirt bomb to retain the tag team titles. I look, I, I think that the, the motor shooting machine guns still have plenty left in the tank. They're impact homegrown kind of guys, too. Yes, they've been a tag team even before they went to impact, but these are guys that are well known amongst TNA fans. I just thought that this was. You know, they, give them their due. There's got to be, like, that, it was a good was a good match. And the Bullet Club, they'll get their time. They'll get their time in the sun. But what about yourself? Yeah, I was thinking that it was going to be the Bullet Club the whole way on this one, man. But as you know, very much Motor, Motor City Machine Guns guy right here. I think they deserved it. I'm, I'm interested to see where it takes next. And have you heard rumors? I wanted to talk to you about this, too, on the topic of your boy Cardona. There's been rumors that I've seen escalating about him possibly jumping ship. And I was wondering, you being the guy, have you heard anything about that, about him possibly making a WWE return or something like that? I've heard a lot of rumors about that. But the thing with Matt Cardona is that's that's how he likes it. If you notice, this is a guy that since 2011 with the woo, 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 you know yeah. it. Despite getting fired from the WWE three years ago, despite being a guy that's always been, you know, kind of like a mid-card act and all that sort of stuff, he keeps somehow rising back to the top. And uh, it's very much by design. Very much by design. So I don't know if he signed with the WWE. All I know is that uh, wherever he goes, you'll need to watch. But let's look in the past year. He has um, wrestled John Moxley in a cool little death match in GCW. He's been in Impact. He has wrestled in AEW with Cody Rhodes. The yeah. man knows where to go. And he's got a very, very successful podcast business and a toy line too with Major Bendy. So, uh, yeah, it's a very much a watch this space. The guy is the ultimate hustler, and he has he there. There is a saying that Matt Cardona used to always say that has lived with me ever since I heard it because I heard it in a podcast I did with Cole Cabana. He said, "Save up your crumbs because crumbs make crumb cake." 
Oh, there you go. And of course, man, he's always ready, Matt Cardona. I was really, I've been really very keen to talk to you about this, Amin. And he is heading out our way too in mm-hmm. a couple of months' time. Man, you'll be excited for that, being a big Cardona fan. Got to say as well, got to say, it's one of those things where when you meet your heroes, it's well worth it because he was the nicest guy. And uh, yeah, he he gave me a lot of time. And uh, because, you know, I've been a very, very big fan uh, from back in the day. So yeah, it's been, whatever happens, I'm I'm so glad that he still got success outside of WWE because normally... Uh, once you leave the big time, that's where your career sort of goes to die. Yeah, it very much does, man. And like, I was just, I'm interested to see, like, it just really quickly on the card owner topic. Cause when I was watching this, I'm like, I'm thinking of you because you're such a big card owner, Mark, sort of thing. You love this guy. Where ultimately, does it phase you where he ends up? It doesn't because he does such a good job of promoting things himself that he doesn't need to. Almost him going back to WWE is like a backward step for him because people wow. people know who Matt Cardona is now. They don't know, who, like, Zack Ryder, like, there's a mm. reason that his logo is a skull because Broski's dead. This is who he is. Like, and when you look at his, um, if you ever jump on and look at Matt Cardona's social media, like, if you jump on and look at his Instagram, the man is just so busy. Like, he is living the dream that we would love to do, Nettie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because look, he's buying Ninja Turtle figures. Yeah, if you look up the Matt Cardona on um on Instagram, he's he's got he won the Independent Wrestler of the Year uh, for twenty twenty uh, for twenty twenty two. He's doing shows like uh, he he became the NWA World Champion. I should point out last year he became yeah. the NWA world champion on the same day that Christian Cage won that title in 2000 in uh on the same day that Christian Cage won the title in 2022 uh he won he won it wearing Christian Cage tribute gear like <laughs> that's how like cuz he's always been a he's always been a uh, a uh, Christian a Christian guy yeah, he's just been so well. Like he's doing live shows. He's doing uh, like there's just so much stuff that Matt Cardone is doing that I don't think that he'd be able to do if he was still a WWE wrestler. And like if you just go through his like Instagram, there's so much stuff that he's doing. He's got his own toy line. He's still going to Disney cool. parks and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so things are just. I feel like whatever he wants to do, I'm sure he'll make the best of it. But um, I'm glad that uh, what he's doing right now is uh, is he's living his best life is the best thing I can do, and it's a great lesson that you don't need to be under the umbrella of a big company to be a success story. Yeah, I kind of hope he sort of stays like on the independent grind. To be honest with you, man, that's where I was getting at. I like seeing him, you I know, love doing what him. he's. Yeah, outside of this. And I feel as though you could do like a Matt Cardona podcast, man, just you talking about Matt because <laughs> you just gone into the full thing there. But unfortunately for you, he didn't get the belts and the, the guns did get it. But then, man, the ultimate, I was very, very much more excited about this than what I thought I would have been. Frankie Kazarian answers the ring and announces that he's coming back to impact. What are you thinking about this, man? Like he had a bit of a run there in late 2022. Uh, Are you excited that we've got some originals coming back? You're going to see a lot more of this too, by the way, because, uh, because obviously companies like AEW uh, are definitely the alternative. Like there it's 
impact for despite being in 20 years they didn't have the backing of a billionaire like the, like yeah. uh like tony khan does with AEW. they didn't have uh you know basically there's a reason why eric bischoff has so much beef with tony khan because eric bischoff's the man that laid the platform for this is how you compete with vince and yeah. tony khan basically did that but he's all like oh we're doing it all on our own he's like like hell you are man <laughs> Ted Turner built the blueprint for this. So yeah. it did it better, I should point out too. But with that comes uh, time in the sun. Like if you're Frankie Kazarian, Frankie Kazarian, I should point out too, SCU were the first ever AEW tag team champions. Like Frankie Kazarian was the first ever AEW tag team champion. Christopher Daniels, all of these big names kicked off AEW with a bang, right? Along yeah. with your Kenny Omegas, along with Cody Rhodes, but now, and then they did they did good stuff. They're building up new talent like the acclaimed, who are really really cool. You have yeah, guys like really you have you know people like uh, Jade Cargill, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, in the women's division, all that sort of stuff. But where's where's Frankie going to go? Like Frankie's not going to sit in catering. Like yeah, they don't, they don't do house shows. The guys still got plenty to give uh, to to give. So and I like it. He actually brings all this up. He brings all of this up in in his promo because he sort of says like you know I, i've had a lot of success here in tna i was did so much in the x division never quite got to that world championship but then i went went back to aew and i'm not challenging myself because he's not what's he what did he what's he doing in aew and that's not on him but if you yeah. but, if, but if you're tony khan and you're the booker of aew and you've got guys like cm punk coming in you've got kenny omega you've got um, Daniel Bryan, you've got Samoa Joe, you've got Adam Cole. All of a sudden, these guys are pushing Frankie Kazarian down. Where's Christopher yeah. Daniels been? The guy can still wrestle, but so can Cesaro. And you'd put Cesaro over Christopher, like you know what I mean? So I think 100%. I think it's really smart what Frankie Kazarian did. I like the fact that he, not to say it, Matt Cardona set this blueprint, but he's betting on himself. That's what I love to sort of see, and he's just getting straight into it. Kaz announces, too, he's an impact long-term, so this is going to be great to see. It's healthy for the business. It's healthy for people that want to wrestle, and I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and like you're saying, you think you're going to see a lot more people like this, so hopefully we're going to see people like your Chris Daniels and that sort of make that return to impact. And there's there's been rumors and speculation, you know, not getting too far off topic here about the WWE being sold, though. Has any more happened with this, Amin? Because if this were to go down, then I think you'd see a lot of wrestlers jumping ship to both AEW and Impact. Mm. Uh, I I don't know any more information uh, that's been made public. It's a lot of speculation and and room and innuendo right now. But um, look, it's we, we're talking about stuff in the billions of dollars here. So yeah, um, there's definitely going to be a lot of money to go around. But let, but we could, we just got to look back at when the WWE was the only game in town. How many people were just sitting on the sidelines, like not getting a shot? A lot. Oh yeah. So so many times, and it's just kind of it comes down it. If we if we put into basketball terms, no matter how good your bench is, you've only got you know the room for five starting lineups, and yeah, no matter how good you are, you're not gonna like if you're not the best. And it's not that it's not that Kaz is bad. It's just that if you if you've got Samoa Joe on your roster, Adam Cole, like look at Adam Cole right now, like Bobby Fish and um and Kyle O'Reilly, they're nowhere to be seen in AEW anymore. <laughs> 
No, that's a hundred percent right. Yeah, I'm, I, your point is very good. You're not going to mm. put a Kaz on over one of those guys, so yeah. he's better off going to where he will get will get time. And yeah, I like that right there as well. That is good, man. Well, let's move along. What are you thinking of Joe Hendry? Do you do you like this guy? <laughs> I, the, the song actually gets stuck in my head. I, I, I kind of dig it, man. I didn't think I'd be the sort of person that would jump on board this digital media championship. Him versus Moose. What were your takes on this? First off, I I am a big fan of Moose as well. Like, remember we we used to love his back. Moose, we love Moose. <laughs> yeah. Moose is one of the guys that made the decision uh, when he was in Ring of Honor um, to jump to Impact rather than the WWE because the WWE were interested in him, but he did much like Kaz did. Like, mm, do I want to be like a a middle a mid bit carter? Yeah, yeah, do I want to be a mid-cutter in the WWE or do I want to be a star in Impact and be at the top of the tree? So I think he made the right decision there too. Moose actually sort of brings it up how he's like, you know, like I need to get gold again. And um, Joe Hendry comes out to rebut and Moose just shows him the utter disrespect. <laughs> and just, but this is the thing that I love about Joe Hendry. Dishes it straight back. Yeah. Just absolutely smacks Moose as the bell rings. And then we're on to a hell of a fight here too. This is what I sort of mean about this pay-per-view and what I loved about it. You've got the mix of, aside from the tag team match, you've got a mix of old and new here. Like there's so many old school names that are mixing with the new guys and the new girls. And it's and it's invigorating the, the, um, the product, isn't it? Yeah, well, it really seems to be working, and a lot of I've seen so much positive feedback on this whole entire pay per view, which is something that you usually don't see from a bunch of keyboard uh, warriors people. But most people are talking pretty positive about the whole thing, I mean, and this one, of course, saw it during this match another surprising Santino Marino. What uh, Marino? <laughs> What did you think of Santino making his impact debut? Oh, before we get to Santino's, um, um, we, before we get to his debut, we got to mention though, like this was a brutal match. Like the first part of this match, they are lo- they're going back and forth with each other. We got two counts by them. By I'm talking, the referee's hand is probably like an ant away in terms yeah, of uh, from touch from slapping things, and they're getting kickouts like that. So cool. There's so many. There's spears. There's just. There's roll-ups. There's just everything is just down to the fine sort of like it could have gone either way. Yet Moose, the dirty dog, <laughs> goes and gives <laughs> a low blow and a spear for the win. Or so you think. Then Santino Marella debuts uh, as the director of authority and restarts the match. And I got to say, it was good seeing Santino back. I haven't, yeah, I, he's someone that I haven't thought about in a long time and sorry for getting excited about that because we've just been talking about these guys sort of jumping ship and making their appearances and whatnot. And on the topic, you should have said in memory of Don West, uh, not a low blow. He hit him right in the, the balls. balls. <laughs> <laughs> right in the balls as all. Well. But yes, Santino made his appearance and he restarted the match, which, which was cool. And like, I dug it, man. So... I don't know. Like, so what's the, what are their plans for him? So what he's just going to be there and he's going to be just making things I happen. Should, right? I think he's just going to be like a commissioner sort of uh, dude there for impact, which is, which is kind of cool to sort of say. Um, Moose goes for a spear. Um, 
Uh, Joe Hendry reverses it, gets a two count. He then hits the standing ovation on Moose and retains the title. So a really, really good match. Cool little intro from Santino Morella because he still looks the same as he did back in the WWE days. So yeah. uh, I reckon like a lot of people will have their will have their opinions saying why Santino back, bloody bloody blah. But you know what? He's a known person. Uh, he's not wrestling, and he's an, look. What would you prefer? Dixie Carter comes back. Like <laughs> that's a touchy subject on a TNA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, definitely. Let's stick with Santino. Yeah. I like it. Man. Yeah. Okay, man. Let, let's uh, jump ship. Let's move on. At Knockouts World Titles number one contender match. So I mentioned how like you have the sort of mix of old school and new school uh, impact. Oh, yeah. It's funny because Diana Perazzo is like new school impact, but she's in the ring with newer school if that kind of makes sense <laughs> it does what with um like Masha Slamovich Masha Slamovich Taylor Wilde uh Killer Kelly in there too I love the fact that Diana who has been like you know in the past couple of years she's been like you know carrying the torch she's the one that's kind of like the veteran when she's not really the veteran that's really really cool and just goes to show you too how TNA and Impact is sort of evolving talent and did you were you shocked too at how over and how much people love Taylor Wilde? Because I don't really know too much about her, but um, I was shocked that she was like getting these massive cheers. You know, I thought you would have been all over her, man, because she was a TNA Impact wrestler back in the day. Yeah, was she? I can't remember. Yeah, bro, I'm I'm a hundred percent sure she was, man. And they've brought her back. Taylor Wilde was on Impact, like she was a knockout back in the day, and I think that's why she's so over. Uh, I thought. Well, I thought that's, man, you're meant to be telling me that stuff as well. But yeah, 100%, she was an old impact that's knockout. That's right. Yeah, oh she was goodness. She was back in the, oh, of course. No, that's why she had such a pop, man. Yeah, so I was like, she was a knockout champion in 08. So there you go. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Something had to be pushed out of my brain. Uh, when it's it actually comes- made me feel good though, man, because usually it's you uh, usually it's you saying you're an idiot, Tepper, without saying <laughs> that. But yeah, no, that's why she got such a pop. It's the old school returning, man. So and that's like what you're talking about with the new, the old, and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, which is really cool. Yeah, she got a huge pop. Killer Kelly. What are you thinking of Killer Kelly, man? I think she's uh pretty dope. Hell yeah. Uh Slamovich, though, is someone that really came out of nowhere, too. Um, but all I can say, they went hell for leather, her and Kelly. Slamovich and Kelly just, they were fighting like, you know, like there, there was only one lifeboat and there was only room for one more person <laughs> on the, Like that's how that's how deep they were getting into it. Absolutely crazy too. I know I mentioned that Deanna Perrazzo is sort of like, you know, like old news, but no, she mixed it up too. There was some pretty, pretty devastating powerbombs she was dishing out on Taylor Wilde for some very close two counts where I thought that she would be, you know, coming back towards the uh, the top of the mountain there. But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Slamovich, she is someone that I reckon is going to be rocket strapped and going to be the face of the division coming up soon. Bro, 110%. Slamovich is one of the most terrifying women I have ever seen in my life. Like, one, you don't want to cross her in a dark alleyway, man. She's mm. going to mess you the hell up. They have, and she is definitely going to be the face of TNA women's division or impact uh, wrestling knockouts division yet. Most definitely, man. I'm not, I'm not crossing her, and I, I'm pretty sure you'll see a belt around that waist at some time, probably sooner than later, the way things are, are turning out. 
Yeah, you're not wrong there. And we'll get to the women's uh, title match in just a moment, too, because I think you're very, very right there, Nettie. Um, but before we get to the main event, we do have to get to uh, the false Count Anywhere match. Brutality seems to be the theme of Hard to Kill uh, tonight, too, because what a, th- a nice little touch to Raven on commentary, which was uh, pretty cool. I was going to bring that up. Raven on commentary is just epic, man. And I, I believe my favorite thing Raven said during that was, geez, it'd be great if one of these guys got hit by a car. I'm like, <laughs> wow, that is just brutal. Let's just kill them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's why I love wrestling, though. I mean, it's like if you throw back to the best wrestling things and and what got me hooked on in wrestling in the first place was the fact that anything can happen. And this match is exactly that. False count anywhere sort of thing. These guys were out on the street, man. There's like mm. cars buzzing past. It was amazing. Macklin must Straight have actually up. heard. He would have heard Raven say that. Hey, you want to see someone in a car? All right. Because <laughs> he threw Rich from it a lot. It's on. I've got to. I've got to just mention this to you real quick, though. You know our buddy Jay Selher, but he likes to, you know, get on a rant sometimes and that sort of thing. And he decided midway through this match, which we were absolutely loving, it was a, the best time to talk about junkies invading oh his God. workplace. He went on to like a full on rant. So I need to watch this match again, man. <laughs> Because he just wouldn't shut the hell up. Like I cannot tell you too much that happened. I'm just like, yes, Herbs, that's great. Let's try and enjoy this pro wrestling spectacle that we've got here, man. And no, but he didn't, man. But I tell you what, dude, Brody, my son, massive fan of Steve Macklin. He thinks mm-hmm. that he is just underrated as hell. I love Rich One. These boys put on a, a, like a clinic. I didn't think it was actually going to get back into the ring. Were you no. thinking it was going to be like? I thought someone was going to get pinned under a, I don't a know, truck or something. Or well, something well, in the yeah, well, they got they started fighting in a dumpster and everything like that, and they, but they got back to the ring eventually. Macklin even had uh, Rich Swan like upside down, upside down, hanging up in a tree of woe too. Rich Swan <laughs> used a camera cord and like there was frog splashes to the outside. So much madness going on, but in the end, it was Steve Macklin that managed to get the chocolates against Rich Swan in a very, very brutal match. And uh, look, you thought that was brutal? Wait until we get to the next match, too, because it was Eddie Edwards taking on Jonathan Gresham. We mentioned this when we talked about Kaz, because Jonathan Gresham is one of those guys that went to AEW as well. Didn't quite like the way where he was positioned on the card and thought, nah, I'm done. And uh, sort of went back to Impact. So I reckon that we're going to be seeing a lot of people come back and just even, you know, dabble about where they think is going to be best for him, which is what you want to see. And uh, I I love seeing Jonathan Gresham back in Impact. I think that he is one of the biggest talents that you will ever see. I loved him in Ring of Honor. That octopus thing that he's got just looks so badass. But um, how, how the mighty have fallen, though, when it comes to Eddie Edwards, because remember how much he was loved as part of the Wolves? Like to to see Eddie sucks chance is so weird. It is bizarre to see it right there, man. And if you rewind back to our edition of Maximum Impact when we're talking about our favorite all time wrestlers of TNA or whatever it was, I'm there saying, I I felt it was controversial saying Eddie Edwards. Now I'm like, oh jeez, <laughs> uh, looking left, looking right, because the reason that I loved him so much is because he was Mister TNA, mm. and to have turned all that, you know, with on and no more and everything, it, no longer the case. Like you said, he's getting his Eddie sucks chance and all that sort of thing. Gresham, an excellent addition to TNA. I, I'm so glad that he's wanted up there, and these boys they put on a great match as well. No Eddie Edwards, how- man. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. 
No matter how many times I've seen Gresham do the thing with the fingers, it always makes me just cringe. I hate it. I hate watching that because you could just feel it through the TV. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. One of my questions here was for you, though. I did have something here saying, how much of an impact do you think Gresham can make in impact? Because I feel like he could he could go all the way to a, a potential world title holder. Like, I think he is that good. Well, he actually, like, because he was a Ring of Honor champion uh, for a while. Yeah. And that's what got, uh, got him noticed. Um, by TNA initially, and his work in TNA is what made AEW sort of go, "Hey, we love this guy." Um, but it didn't quite work out. It didn't. It's not that it didn't work out for him in AEW. It was just like it's just like, man, I was like going from, you know, main eventing in Ring of Honor as the champion in high profile matches and Impact, and now I'm what on the third show like AEW Dark on YouTube, like wrestling yeah. jabrones. Like, sorry, man. Look. Thanks for the opportunity, but I'll, I'll go where the grass is greener. So, got to say, very that, much the Kazarian effect, isn't it? What you were talking about earlier. Got to say though, he, him, and Eddie had a hell of a back and forth slap fest that just like it was ringing in your ears. That's how bad it was. It was an epic match, man. The the boys they did they once again like they put on a, a hell of a match and. Eddie Edwards ended up coming out with the victory here, man. It was was that a surprise to you? It was actually because I actually it was a surprise until the next bit. Um, but we'll get to that in just a moment because, like, I because I thought um, Gresham like had had his number. Simple as that. Like he was just getting too worked up about like how he couldn't put him away. But no, got the Boston knee party, got the win, and then we see bolts of lightning. And yes. PCO yes. is back. And I love, I love this guy, man. He is so freaking awesome. I love it. Yeah, like you're talking about the bolts of lightning and all that sort of stuff. And the fact that he still had sand in his, his mouth. mouth. Oh, that was amazing. From that Las Vegas hit to the head from the shovel from Edwards. He's been carrying that mouth the sand in his mouth for like the previous weeks, man. On that plane, all that sort of stuff. He still had it there. And just amazing. It was it was just absolutely stellar too. And this is what I mean too, because that because clearly you you sort of seeing there was a lot of people like for example Eric Young uh, who's heavily rumored to be going back to WWE. But but I love when Impact writes someone off like the like they they straight out murdered Ali um, back in the day. <laughs> Before she left for AEW, like they, yeah. they, I love the way they do this. But at the same time, I love that they, they managed to bring you back as well. So that was very, very cool to see PCO back, um, a former WWE tag team champion, former Ring of Honor champion, and he's going to be. He just, he's not human. I know, I know that that's his Twitter handle, but it's that for a reason. The man's not human, which is uh pretty cool to see. Uh, we finally get to the main event, and this is what what it's all about. We've got a title versus career match. This is a big money feud. Everything is at stake here. Mickey James has got a career on the line against Jordan Grace's title. Got to mention, too, Jordan Grace looking in fantastic shape as well. She's been absolutely shredding. Uh, no doubt her 2022 resolutions were after Hard to Kill last year was, uh, I don't know, wedge shred or... Get on that, get on that CrossFit or some F forty five every day. But um, I'm not sure, man. But I, I just before you you go too much further into that, I wanted to ask you about this a minute. Like to me, this everything, 
part of me thought Mickey James is losing the title here. Like they set this thing up that Mickey James was going to lose the title. What were your thoughts going in? Were you, what in the back of your head, were you thinking Grace is going to retain? I mean, Grace is going to win. I mean, Retire, going to retire. Was, is she going to retire, yeah, Nikki? Yeah, I, is she going to retire? Sorry, I thought that too. I thought this was going to be a bit of a Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair thing because if you, for old school fans, you might remember Ric Flair had to go through a big thing where it's just like, look, I'm either going to like for my last match, if I don't win, I'm gonna I'm gonna retire. And his last match was up against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania, one of the greatest of them all. And arguably one of the best matches you'll see in WrestleMania history. But this was one of those sort of moments too, because I'm just like, Definitely. what's what's Mickey James got to do? She's already knockouts champ. She's been a multi-time WWE champion, knockouts champion. She's been in one of the f- few hardcore cage matches and stuff like that. She's got a budding career. She's got a family. She was in the Royal Rumble last year as Impact Champion. So best ever. best ever. So what was there to do? Plus, even when she had her family there as well, there was you know that special in- uh, intro that she had because uh, to pay tribute to a, a Native American heritage, all that sort of stuff. Just kind of like this is real, you know, last dance sort of vibes. There wasn't it? Oh, dude, the, just the whole thing. I thought, man, this is it. Not one bone in my body thought that Mickey James was going to win that match. And I thought it was a really good way for her to go out. I was just like, this is going to be good. Like, you know, yeah. she's doing it. Like, how? what better way to go out than being tested by the champ and, you know, put a final stamp on your career, your family's there. There could be a show of respect, which there was a show of respect at the end too. It's not like Jordan Grace, like, you know, clubbed her on the back of the head with a, <laughs> like, you know, you know how it normally happens. It's just, it's very cliched to be like, oh, you beat me. Well, I'm going to kick you in the head, you idiot. You know, <laughs> but there was none of that, none of that, because let's get into the match actually, because Jordan Grace from the get go completely overpowers Mickey James. Like she's just demolishing her. This is stiff. It was very, very stiff. Um, and then the, the, we, we saw them brawl to the top rope. Mickey James was just, she was winding back the clock a little bit too, because she still got it. Mickey James still looks the same as she did back at WrestleMania 20. That's yeah. what, I, that's what I thought at least. But, um, the thing that she hasn't come up against though, Jordan Grace is kind of like a female version of Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's disturbing. These two just—it was back and forth, wasn't it? Really, like uh, the just the whole entire match, man. There was like two and three quarter counts. Yeah, it was getting close. Yeah, so many times, and wow. But sorry to cut you off there, man. You keep going. Oh, they were well. This was the thing, like you mentioned, they were going back and forth. There were so many two counts there. They were kicking out of each other's finishes or countering, like uh, Mickey James counter the Grace Driver for another two count. The Mick kick was going to reverse. DDT <laughs> even got a close too. Um, there was a point though where Jordan Grace had Mickey James in a sleeper hold, and the crowd's like chanting, "No, no, no!" So I think very much everyone was buying into this could be the last time we see Mickey James, but no. Um, and this is what was cool. Sort of outsmarted Grace towards the end. She goes to get Mickey in the corner, go- gets straight into the middle post. Mickey James then with the tornado DDT gets the win, and we see a massive celebration. Even Tara came out, a longtime rival. 
Uh, both Mara was just crying the whole time, man. I don't know. Yeah. They kept sh- shooting to her in the crowd, and she was crying the whole time. It's like, but yeah, that that was was a very special moment. I'm not sure if you saw this though. I mean, during this match, it appeared that Mickey tapped out. Did you see that? Yeah, no, I didn't. that part might have uh, escaped me there, but uh. You need to rewatch it, man. Like Herb and I are like, she's tapping out. No, 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 no. And like, boom, 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 boom. I don't know. I don't know. So I'm not, I'm not sure what happened there, whether they will see more of this on future episodes or, or what the go was, but it, it looked, it appeared from my old man eyes that she tapped. It appeared, but however, it might've appeared that way, but I can tell you right now with an absolute 100% matter of fact, she walked away, the knockouts champion and no one is, discounting that one so it is great to see great to see the last rodeo continue for mickey james and put a great little exclamation point on a tremendous pay-per-view there from impact wrestling and i gotta say man like what a way to start off the year there there, i don't think there was a bad match on the card there was no bad matches unfortunately i didn't see the pre-card which was a little bit stale in that sense because i've heard those matches were also good yeah six-way x division match and yeah 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 there was some there was some crazy stuff on that but give this one a rating man if you had to rate this one out of 10 solid slaps to the jcl herbert head how many would you (laughs) give it i'd give this one a solid eight um, the crowd it's was fa- the crowd was fantastic. The only reason it doesn't get a, a higher score is because I've seen better TNA pay per views, and not even just in uh, w- not even when it comes to um, you know TNA as a whole thing. In this little run where they rebranded to Impact Wrestling, I've seen yeah. uh, like I've seen better pay per views. I, I reckon uh, Overdrive was uh, really really good, especially um, with Frankie Kazarian in there as well. Back. Um, the last sort of premium live event that they went and had, but uh, an absolute solid run. I actually don't know what's next on the uh, Impact Wrestling card, but I do know that they're going to have they're going to have a, a hell of a a ways to top it. They really are, man, and I can answer that for you. They're returning for their spring pay per view extravaganza Rebellion live on April 16, which will be April 17 here. So we've got a couple of months to wait before they're back on pay per view, man. Not only like that, that the, 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 I've just looked it up too here, Nettie. That mm-hmm. is actually going to be in Canada, in Toronto, Canada. Oh, home. So very home of Josh Alexander, yeah. So very, very cool to see them sort of leave. Um, the little intimate sort of uh, center stage, which is a really cool little venue, a very famous one there too. But um, yeah, Rebellion, April 17th, uh, which should be really, really cool cool to sort of see. Yes, indeed, my friend. I should also note that this one, Hard to Kill, also sold out. So I'm not sure like what sort of numbers they've got in the crowd there, like obviously small crowds and whatnot, but that was a sold out show as well, which is amazing to see. I like that they're learning from the mistakes of the past, though, because they tried to do big arena shows back in the day, like, you know, like, oh, we need to clearly, you know, go to bigger arenas. It's like, no, 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 let's just let's just sell out what we can first. So um, they, they're playing it really, really smart. And uh, I think that, you know, they're going to go from strength to strength here. But And it'd be interesting to sort of see who takes on Josh Alexander there. I know that, um, that you know, we're going to be seeing a lot more Bully Ray. We're going to be seeing, because he's he's pretty much all in. I'd like to see where they go with Mickey James, uh, especially taking on Miller Slamovich, uh, which I assume we still got a couple of months. 
I'd love to see where what PCO gets up to mixing up with uh, Eddie Edwards. And I think we we're also due for a couple of returns as well for like Sammy Callahan and guys like that sort of making their return to uh, Impact Wrestling. So 2023 is looking bright. That's all I can say. Oh, it definitely is. And I can't wait to see Sammy Callahan, Sammy Callahan jump back into that squared circle. I mean, anyway, do you know what's happening with Rob Van Dam at the moment? Like, is he still in Impact or is he... Do you know what's happening there? RVD's still a free agent. He's just doing conventions and stuff like that. From the last that I heard, it apparently takes him a lot longer to heal up uh, after a after <laughs> um after a bout because he still wrestles that high impact style. Yeah. And I, the man's been doing it for over thirty years, so you can imagine there's a bit of wear and tear on those bones. So um, I, I look, you, it's it's like a this is the beauty of the business these days. If you want to know where, you, where your favorites are wrestling, um, the best way to do is to follow them on their socials because almost everyone's got a streaming deal. You could watch you could watch matches back. Like, for example, MCW, you could watch that live on Fight TV. Could you imagine just two years ago if you said, hey, I can't make it to Thornbury. Is there any chance I could watch it? Yeah, you could watch it live on Fight TV. <laughs> yeah, that's killer right there. And you, of course, are the voice of MCW, we should point <laughs> out right here, which is very cool. You and Simon Tackler. Mm-hmm. Grey Wolf's very own. Yeah, Grey Wolf's very own right there. And I believe Buddy Murphy, or what's he calling himself these days? Buddy Matthews <laughs> is making his return to the Matthews. Thornbury Theatre. He will be taking on our uh, MCW champion, Mitch Waterman, in a hellacious match. That's going to be live on Fight TV on February 11th. It is sold out. It is the first show um, at full capacity for MCW. It's great to see everything back. We've got literally standing room, not even standing room only. We've packed out the Thornbury Theatre, so it's going to be very, very cool. That'll be a very, very awesome thing. We were talking about Slam in the Sham, which is coming up this weekend. Another one of your boys, man. So a big time hardcore wrestler. Hey, I wonder if you'll um get busted open over the hardened streets of Horsham. I can guarantee you right now, because there is very little, Joel Bateman likes two things, beer and bleeding. So, uh, <laughs> Beer and bleeding. I'm, I'm not it. joking either. I'm not joking. If you if you get a chance and you look up uh, some of Joel Bateman's work on um on uh, in fact, if you actually go to my buddy Owen's um YouTube page, he did like a little 5-minute piece on Joel Bateman. But uh yeah. Oh, definitely have to check that out to get prepared for this weekend's wrestling. Of course, you guys what we were just talking about there, Tackler and Azor reliving the war. We've got new episodes of that coming out as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wolf entertainment.net plenty of fun stuff on the go we will return for an episode of maximum impact at some stage man hell yeah, yeah. we Can might even we might even do, we might even do uh if i can catch up on some impacts we might even uh, sort of do a road to rebellion and just see how we go oh, i like it right there man i've got to do exactly the same thing thanks for taking some time out azor man i really really appreciate it Hell yeah, it's always fun talking Impact. And remember, you can go back in our archives uh, at greywolfentertainment.net. Check out everything that we got on offer. Uh, from Not just wrestling, there's plenty, plenty more happening here. But Greywolf ENT on the socials. Give it a like, give it a follow, give it a thumbs up, give it all that good stuff. And we'll catch you next time for another episode of Maximum Impact. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.